Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. John Ledyard, one of your hosts from over at FanRagSports.com, along with Trevor Sycamore, who covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for PewterReport.com. Trevor, we have been focusing a lot on the rookie class right now in the NFL and talking about which rookies are playing well, and we've had people on to discuss the rookie class, and but we've got to turn our attention now back to the 2018 NFL Draft, the, the draft-eligible prospects. We don't know obviously who will and who won't declare yet, but the more you and I look at this class from top to bottom, what we've seen so far this season how many elite players are there? You know, how many first-round type of prospects in a vacuum are there? And I think that's where you and I seem to be getting hung up is that there's definitely some good players out there in college football. Saquon Barkley and Darius Geis. And we both like Maurice Hurst from Michigan. And Roquan Smith from Georgia is making a name for himself. And you know, Bradley Chubbs had a great season. And so there is some talent. But is there like a 20 to 25 first round grades in this class? Like I felt like there was in last year's class. I don't know that I see this class is I was very high on last year's class, not as much on the one before it. This one, I think I could be lower on than both of those. And it's still very early, but that's how I feel about it early on. Yeah. Um, it's not a, uh, it's not a great year to suck as, mm-hmm. as the phrase would go for, for NFL teams. Cause there's just, um, like even the guys who are at the top, you know, you figure the the quarterbacks. You, who are the best quarterback prospects really that you, that you feel great about? Like see, like, and I mean great about ceiling wise. Kind of like Baker Mayfield, Lamar yeah. Jackson. You know, if, if, right. if you can get the most out of those, those are, those are the two guys. And even then, you know, you're looking at two guys who make a lot happen with their feet. Um, are great outside of structure. Um, bring that kind of like X factor to the game, but. Um, you know the, the, the I don't want to call it pro style, but I mean you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like, no, I mean they don't fit the the, the stereotypical mold right. of a lot of franchise quarterbacks. So you wonder if teams will be scared off at least. Right, and so that's the thing. Like even though we might like him and we can see the potential of where they're going, we know the NFL stubborn. So if the, mm. the 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 more alluring draft prospects are the ones that we know the NFL has been stubborn against at times, then it kind of puts a puts some friction on the draft class. And then you know we all love Saquon Barkley. I think Saquon Barkley is great. You know, he's cooled down a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but you know, you got people talking about him going number one overall. Come on, a running back? I mean, mm-hmm. he's fantastic. And I a month ago I almost called him the perfect prospect for being a running back. But even with that said, it speaks to the the draft class that we have coming in front of us if we are seriously about to take a running back number one overall. I don't even love the way Penn State uses Barkley because he gets a lot, lot, lot of draws, a lot of delayed handoffs, a lot of zone read type stuff, and that's why he's getting the ball in those situations. Whereas I think he can be really successful, but I will say in like a regular offense, I think he can be uh, successful. But, but I will say this though, I think that Barkley, I think his vision is going to. I don't know if it's his vision or his decisive. I don't know how to exactly phrase it, but he. He tries to bounce a lot of runs and create a lot of runs outside of structure. I know the offensive line isn't great, but he does rely on athleticism as a back more than he does power or taking it down between the tackles. And and um, in some ways, not to the extent of at all, um, but in some ways, when he's asked to run between the tackles, especially in the A-gaps and things like that, he reminds me of Reggie Bush stylistically in that he will try and push things outside all the time and perhaps instead of you know banging in there running through a guy and seeing what he can get now i think if i remember correctly barkley is heavier and and more powerful and we have seen barkley 
do run between the tackles the one he gets in a groove sometimes you'll see him start to do it but it is inconsistent it's there's no question it's inconsistent with Barkley um now I love Barkley as a prospect he was my number two either number two or three prospect coming into the year I can't remember now and and I think as an all-around offensive weapon he's unbelievable but I don't think he's at the same level as Ezekiel Elliott was as a pure runner between the tackles um I think Elliott had much better vision decisiveness physicality um power i mean elliot ran below behind his pads as well as any back that i've watched recently so uh that i can really remember I mean, he 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 just runs that way he's always falling forward always gaining more yardage um you know he just it's it's a very like he understands you have to get linear as a running back you can't you can't dance you can't wait you can't bounce you know that that doesn't happen all the time you the once in a while sure um but you know i don't think you can do that consistently if you're if you're uh saquon barkley so that may be something he's gonna have to adjust to uh as he moves forward at the nfl level but um i don't know just something to think about with him because i saw as i watched darius geis consistently take the ball inside against alabama's massive interior and you know, extremely physical presence inside, and he had very little blocking, and he was constantly getting hit in the backfield. But he kept it within structure. He kept it within structure. He kept making the right reads, even though he'd only get three or four yards. He kept making the right reads. You know, when they'd show the angles behind the offensive line, he's making the right reads. He's making the right cuts. He's timing it well. They're just, I mean, his his group up front was just getting manhandled. There wasn't a whole lot he could do, and he'd break one tackle, he'd break two, and he he'd get snowed under. And I mean, it was just a valiant effort of a running back playing within structure of what he's been asked to do. Um, but the offensive line was getting thrashed and, and there was no chance, not really much chance of bouncing it against Alabama and getting a better gain as I'm sure you've seen when you watch the Crimson Tide. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wanted to get the chance to watch the Alabama LSU game, but I didn't, you know, I was watching the Miami game and a couple different ones. So but you did, you watched that, you watched that Alabama LSU game. Um, you in its mm-hmm. in entirety so like what mm-hmm. is so some of the big prospect guys that we've been talking about there uh alabama's linebackers you know arden key uh damian harris bo scarborough what, what are the what did those guys look like from you um this saturday well, i'll tell you the guy that the guy that stood out to me more than anything from that game and i did yeah, i did watch the entire game and i was really excited to check out the prospects there but ronnie harrison looked great for alabama um and i didn't see him in deep coverage a whole lot i mean Alabama doesn't or LSU doesn't really throw deep that much and on top of that um Harrison plays closer to the line of scrimmage and when you're watching on you know just on the on the regular um you know t- television on the broadcast that you don't get to see those all 22 angles as well um but when I watched Ronnie Harrison I thought fast and physical which he was last year but I thought last year he was more inconsistent as a tackler and like slow to recognize things at times um and I thought that in this game at least and this is the first time I've really actually sat down and watched Bama this year to be honest in this game at least I thought he was much much better in that regard um so that's a big step for me because I wasn't sure how to feel about Harrison coming into the year and I need to watch more of him obviously but this safety class is going to need people to step up I mean it's not a great safety class, and I'm not sure what Harrison's best role or how many roles he can fulfill uh, will be at the NFL level. Um, but I think that at the very least, he he fits the mold and, and the physicality, and has the size of somebody who can play in the box, play a classic strong safety role, uh, can still play deep in coverage. I don't think he's a limited athlete at all, um, so he can still play deep in coverage and, and make some plays as well. I don't know if you want him single high or anything like that, um, but there's a lot of roles that Ronnie Harrison I think can fill. And uh, I think the NFL is really going to like him. I wouldn't be surprised if he moves up boards pretty quickly. The other guy, dude, Arden Key's showing out. I know he had a slow start to the year and you were worried about him, but 
He's doing some big things now. He looked great against Alabama. Um, he was almost unblockable. Both sides rushing against uh, both tackles for Alabama. I know they've got some high pedigree guys there, and um, he looked really good. I mean, I think their issue with Key will be his pad level is just high. Like when he comes around the edge, like he he can bend in the hip some, but he just doesn't get very low. Like he's so tall and long and lanky um, that you have to be generating a lot of force scientifically. I think to be able to to turn that corner, especially through contact. And I think that he does play so fast and so violent that it does help him do that. But I don't know if he's like incredibly explosive. I think he's, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's got a good first step for sure. He is a little bit bendy, but again, his pad level is just so high. that I think it allows those tackles to get some contact at the top of the arc on him uh, where they typically wouldn't. So good football player. He's really playing his best football right now. I think the other thing, he needs to break down and finish as a tackler, man. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed that, but he gets in a lot. He doesn't finish the job a lot. Like he's out of control when he gets into the pocket. I, I just don't. I just don't know what to think about Arden. I don't either. He's weird. The, the, the first, you know, when I saw flashes of him, he was a, uh, I think a true freshman, a true mm-hmm. freshman for LSU. And I was watching, it, and I was watching his jump off the snap as a true freshman. I was like, wow, this kid can be special if this mm-hmm. is. If this is something that's already in his wheelhouse and we get two more years of college ball, two more years to put weight on him, get better technique, get stronger, and yet he has this jump off the snap, we could be talking about an elite edge rusher when it comes around draft time. And now here we are, and I'm sitting here thinking, um, I don't I, – now, you have watched more games recently than him, so I don't, I don't want to speak too definitively on this. But when I saw him earlier in the year, I didn't even see that jump off the snap. And we talked about him putting on weight this off season. Um, mm. Whether the, you know how much weight he put on, I'm not really sure because you know he tweeted out that he was at like 260 or something, you know, like 270, right. whatever. And that that obviously wasn't true. He's not that big. But, I did hear that um, he did. He bulked up and then he cut a bunch of like in season. He was like not feeling himself, so he cut a bunch of weight. Well, I mean, I mean that's how you do it. You know, the bulk and cut. That's the, uh, the that's the. That's your you secret, right? That's your strategy. Yeah, that's how- that's how you do it for the gains. So um, <laughs> I, I appreciate that from him. Uh, maybe maybe that uh, bumps him up around for me. But I, I just didn't even see – I didn't even see that jump off the snap. And so I wondered if, if, if what I had seen early in his career was almost like a fluke. Like he was more of a snap jumper when he was kind of 18, mm-hmm. 19 years old. And I was just seeing that uh, his peaks, if you will, like the highlights from him yeah. uh, of what we were going to see through his LSU career. But I'm glad to hear that he's getting a little better. I will say – when I watched a couple highlights of him, I can't remember if it was after this week or maybe the week prior, somebody was praising a play that Arden Key had, and he was rushing around the edge, and he and he eventually got around the edge. Like he right. eventually used his hands to get like around an offensive lineman, and eventually got the the sack. But it wasn't like he yep. only got the sack because the quarterback held onto the ball way too long, and sure. so people were praising Key on this play, and I was like, eh. Be careful because this is right. not that like that's not a play you make in the NFL. Trust me, I've seen it so many times this year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that time the the time that you have between the snap and to get to the quarterback is so small. Right. I mean um, it, that when you see these long sacks, yeah, they're not exactly praiseworthy. Right. So. And I think that's the thing where you have to separate the traits from the results, maybe with a lot of these. Um like I think Arden Key has decent traits. I don't know whether they're high end traits. And here's the other thing, and I mentioned it: the, the pad level is a concern because I think that that's a big deal for pass rushers. If they because here's the thing, 
he does not have a great counter move. Like he doesn't have a go-to ready-made counter move. Like occasionally I've seen him spin, but it's more of a like last resort to get off this block rather than like, okay, if he, if he carries me up the arc, I'm spinning back inside of him. You know, I have it ready-made. As soon as I feel myself getting deeper than the quarterback, I'm getting back inside. That's not how he employs it. So he doesn't have a ready-made counter. His hands are good at the top of the arc. His hands are very good, but he's not a power rusher. He's not going to go through you most of the time. Um, so if you take those two things out of it as a pass rusher, I always look for one of the, or as a scout for scouting pass rushers, I always look for, does a guy have a three-way go to the quarterback? Does he have the ability to affect the pocket in multiple ways? And if he does, that's awesome, which I think Bradley Chubb, for example, does. If he doesn't, does he have high-end traits to be able to win in one way or another? In other words, does he have the ability to power rush like you say a Cameron Jordan? Who, who bull rushes constantly does he have a, a a skill set like that where he can power rush where he has leverage his pad level is consistently good his hand placement his jump off the snap has to be terrific if you're going to be a power rusher can that be his bread and butter can he hang his hat on getting to the quarterback that way because he's so darn good at it can he corner at a high level Vic Beasley for example Beasley is never going through you and he just recently is starting to learn to go inside of you as a pass rusher but he had all the traits and the athleticism the explosiveness and all the things that you want to be a good speed a good edge rusher you know he had bend he had speed he had incredible burst he was quick up the arc um, he had all the things you want to be able to so even though he wasn't a well-rounded guy he was elite in that one area so I was okay with him is key elite in any one you know can he hang his hat on being able I to corner at the nfl level I, I i thought he was but i'm not sure now so i'm, I'm not glad, either I guess, I, i'm glad that he's back in the upswing that we have a little bit yes. more this season to go over him um any he's, other bama guys any other lsu guys well i will say this one last thing about kitu he's playing well right now but i think you brought up a good point when watching his production even though he's playing well and he looks good on the stat sheet and i think he's playing i think he's playing hard i think he's playing violent i think he's using his hands well at the top of the arc I'm just not sure the traits are there to the extent that they need to be because look at other guys with his similar body type too. I mean, just thinking through a couple guys, and, and correct me if there's one that I'm missing that's been really successful in the NFL, but Deion Jordan's been like a long and lanky type like him um, and not panned out, obviously, uh, for maybe for multiple reasons, but not panned out. Um, Barkevious Mingo, another long and lanky type, uh, also LSU guy, um, who I think... Uh, had some athletic traits that you want maybe, but again, that pad level, that, that, that ability to play high around the arc, if you're a pure cornering threat and that's your pure threat as a pass rusher, you got to be able to drop the pad level. I think it was Tack McKinley's issue. I know he's not as long as those guys, but that was his biggest issue, I think, is that he doesn't drop the pad level well enough around the top of the arc. And, um, you know, even Leonard Floyd, like Floyd's had decent sack numbers in the NFL. If you watch the sacks, they're almost all schemed forward. He's coming free as a, as a twister or something like that. He's rarely beating guys one-on-one uh, either around the edge. Now, Floyd had a ready-made inside counter him he was an inside counter heavy guy so he has used that a couple times but again i don't think he's had the traits to be able to win 1v1 in the nfl as a long you know he's 6'5 6'6 too uh and a long lankier type so those types haven't had a lot of success and key will rightfully be compared to a lot of those prototypes because he plays in a very similar way he doesn't play lower than those guys really um so i think because of that that's kind of the standard by which we're going to measure him and he's got to show that he can do things differently or at a more elite level than those guys did, I think, basically. Um, so a lot of thought about, thoughts about Arden Key. Ma'am, uh, you talked about Raekwon Davis, and I know he's only a true sophomore, but Alabama has an absolute, like, just he's, a killer on the inside, he's man. He's crazy good, Oh, my man. gosh. <laughs> he's just a savage. He had nine tackles and a sack 
against LSU. Nine tackles for a defensive tackle. I mean, he was just it's, everywhere. I mean, he just threw dudes off his body. I mean, he he's only a true sophomore, so I don't want to spend. I, I don't. But. I don't know how Alabama does it. The, that's the thing, and this is what I told. I was watching with a couple friends, and I said to them, "This is the thing about Alabama. Like we talk about how they, they these guys all get huge when they're at Alabama, like and, and look what they do in their weight training program and everything. And that's true to an extent. But look at the true freaking freshmen that play for this team. Like the, even the true sophomores, they, they, these guys came there looking like that, basically." I mean, <laughs> it's insane the dudes that they get. You just don't see true freshmen all over a roster that look like the Alabama's guys. So you don't see that at any other school. But they're D line eight. Deron Payne is a player we're going to have to talk about a lot more moving forward. He's probably he, there's a chance he's the best run defender in this class. I'm not sure how I feel about him as a pass rusher yet, um, but he's he's a very good player. Um, Josh Fraser, even another senior that's going to be out there this year, um, number sixty nine for Alabama. He he's done some really good things as well. So. Um, the other guy that I'll mention, I mentioned guys already a little bit. Rashawn Evans is going to be a fascinating evaluation. I, where were you at with Rashawn Evans pre-draft before the season? Because we talked well, about I, him a good bit. Well, I mean, both of the Alabama players were my I top think, two. Were my I, top two linebackers. I think you're right. Season. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, he's been unbelievable. Um, it, but also concerning, I guess, because. I liken Rashawn Evans to a less refined Miles Jack, probably. Um, and I don't think Miles Jack, his calling card would not have been like his refinement. Not that he was unrefined, I thought, but I just thought there was like insane potential with Miles Jack. And now he's recognizing that in his second season um, and has been really, really good for Jacksonville. That's kind of how I see Rashawn Evans, except further away. Like he took, like, Miles Jack didn't take the angles sometimes that Rashawn Evans, Evans takes. Like Evans just will take these bizarre angles. Like he. He closes so fast on the ball, and he's so physical and aggressive. But he like KO'd his one teammate trying to take out an LSU guy. Like just totally took an awful angle and just leveled one of his own guys, and and the LSU guy got away. And I was like, oh my goodness! But he is just full speed, full bore all the time. His range, his physicality, his aggressiveness, like he just has all the pieces that you want. And what's going to make him a fascinating eval? He rushes from the edge a lot for Alabama, and I. I'm not convinced because he's like 230 something, so he's light, but he plays so physical. I don't know that it's an issue. I'm not convinced <clears throat> the teams won't maybe prefer him on the edge where he, you know, as a three, four outside linebacker or something like that because he has burst and flexibility. He has traits that you want. Um, and he's worked on his hand usage enough to be, you know, competent at it. So I have to see more of him in that role because he plays there sparingly. So I have to maximize kind of the reps that I get to see from him in that role. But he did it against the LSU and he was productive. Um, so I don't know. He's going to be very interesting because he could potentially be a first round prospect at two different positions, but he's not really a polished, you know, day one, you know, Ruben Foster type either. So I don't know. It's it's not looking like a great class, and it's not looking like a great linebacker class. But I think that Evans can be one of the top line. If Roquan Smith's the top guy, and from what I've seen of him, he probably is at linebacker. Uh, I think that Rashawn Evans can be maybe that second or third guy off the board. Uh, and unfortunately, I don't know if you saw, but Sean Dion Hamilton hurt his knee again and is probably out for the rest of the season. So, uh, so uh, yeah, that's kind of a bummer because he's he's the more polished, less athletic version of Evans. Did he tear his knee? I think that's. I don't know if they officially said what it was yet. Uh, I'll look it up right now. But um, I know that uh, Nick Saban said he was probably going to be out for the season. 
So I would assume it was. Uh, I think it was. Oh, fractured kneecap. That's what it was. I ouch. ouch I guess that's. I don't. I'm not sure. Better? Is that better than torn tearing your ACL? I mean, any any break of a bone is better than a tearing right. of a ligament. So, so maybe that's yeah. You know. Okay, so what games did you watch, and who impressed you from what you saw this past weekend? Um. Well, I watched. I watched a lot this weekend, actually. Uh, JT Barrett reminded everyone that he is not an NFL quarterback this week. Um, which so I watched Agreed. part of that. Uh, oh, th- but the main game I watched was Miami Virginia Tech. I watched the entire Miami Virginia Tech game. So, uh, my main takeaway draft wise from that game, Edmonds, the linebacker for Virginia Tech, right? No, nope, Dang nope. It. Dang it. Um, do you like him? I do, yeah. Very athletic, you know, kind of modern day linebacker type. Uh, reminds me a little bit of a more polished Devondre Campbell, the linebacker for um, Atlanta. Um, I, I think he's he's rangy and physical, but he's like long and lanky too. So he's got a weird build, you know, kind of a build like Zach Cunningham, maybe maybe a little taller. Um, the yeah. most impressive guys actually for me for Miami was do you know who, do you know who cornerback Michael Jackson is? Uh, I'm sorry, the the singer. Yes, uh, reincarnate. Oh wow! Uh, went to the University of Miami to play football. He's the U. A junior. The U. Uh, no, I don't know. Who, I, I said the U. Yeah, they getting. Rich, I, I don't know who you're talking about. I'm not gonna lie. Rick's, Rick's recruiting people from the grave. There but, we go. Uh, Great recruiter. He gets he people is, to come back from the dead. Unbelievable. He's their starting corner, and he's a junior. And I literally had not heard of him until this game, mm. and I thought he did really well hmm. um in a cornerback class that i'm still looking for for some of the guys to round out the top of who i like i mean they targeted this guy quite a bit and he was he was good in press he was good in off he was physical with receivers um he was pretty great when the ball was in the air at timing high pointing things you know leveraging his body against wide receivers so uh, i was really impressed with him i think he's Either six foot or six one, kind of like right around one ninety, one ninety five is is what I quick looked yeah. up during the game when I was like, man, who is that? <clears throat> and so they had him on Virginia Tech wide receiver Cam Phillips quite a bit that game, mm. and I mean, I, if he gave up catches to Phillips, it, it couldn't have been more than a couple, one or two, and mm. even then they weren't really that significant of catches. So. Uh, I was really impressed with him. So, and I even tweeted out afterwards. I was like, "Hey, NFL draft people, what do you think of, of Michael Thomas from Miami?" Because I had I had not seen Michael any Jackson. Of- yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, sorry, I just watched the Bucks Saints game. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks and nightmares, and so uh, I just broke out into a cold sweat actually. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, so did Lattimore. But, but no, but yeah, it is actually. Um, but nobody, nobody like responded to that tweet, and that kind of told mm. me like. Do people know about this guy? Like, because I didn't, right. and I yeah. watched him really, really well. And I think he's he's either a true junior or redshirt junior. I think he's a true junior. Yeah, he's um, a true junior. I'm looking at him and, now. And I'm just saying, man, uh, keep him on your radar if this is a guy who declares. Because I am not overly impressed with the cornerback class of this season. Uh, Adonis Alexander, I am going to say, I liked, even though he got burned for that really long pass. Yeah. He's like going to be hit or miss. I feel like, like. Well, no, no, hold on. Hold that's on what I here. think. I don't hold know. On here, I know John. that's your son. Hold on here, John. Okay, <laughs> I think it was Richards who burnt him on a post route um, down the middle of the field. Yes. That, that one that everybody points out. But Alexander also like had a really nice interception where he broke on a route 
um, and caught the intercepted ball. And to be honest, I'm I'm not so sure that Alexander doesn't pick off that one ball down the middle that he got highlighted on if he doesn't pull his hamstring mm. at the end of the route. Because like he had two or three more steps that he could have seen once he saw the ball in the air, and he planted to take that step and like pulled his hamstring as the ball was coming in. And we all know Alexander's six foot three and is pretty dang explosive. So I'm not so sure that he doesn't, you know, break that pass up, maybe even pick it off if he doesn't pull his hamstring. So I mean, like if he picks that pass off, we're talking about zero highlights against him and two interceptions. So he looked great. Yeah, um, uh, he yeah so he I, had the pick. The one pick he made was just you know it was just he has good ball skills. Like he can look right. back and find the I ball. Mean, I like that. It was a little underthrown of a ball, I think, but I mean, he, he, I mean, he cut the route perfectly, and he made that interception so easy for himself mm-hmm. because he played it so well. And that's important to note, even on interceptions that don't have the best passes against him. When well the done. Quarterback yeah, looked that easy. That's good context, Trevor. Well done. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah. Appreciate it. Also, uh, I will add this: I think Miami honestly may have the most talent. I know their stats don't really reflect it, but they have one of the most talented receiving cores in the country. I think. I mean. Braxton Berrios is is a good college football player at the very least. Chris Herndon, I think, is a tight end who's going to be very good at the next level. And in 32 catches, 392 yards, four touchdowns already. I'm really interested to see what happens with him. Amon Richards and Jeff Thomas are youngsters there, but those two are ridiculous. And and I know they haven't they've run the ball a ton this season and you know haven't necessarily had an explosive you know passing attack, but those guys have the athleticism, the size, and the ball skills to be really good prospects down the road so um richard's just a true sophomore i believe G. thomas yeah thomas is a true freshman um he's a little bit smaller but crazy explosive i mean his route running i saw some tape of him some videos of him um coming out of when he first got to miami like during their practices in the summer and stuff like that i mean he was making seniors fall down like in route i mean he was just unbelievable explosive explosive so um one Both other those guy guys. That, I, that I want to make sure I mention um, yeah. from the Miami game, Miami's interior defensive tackle, Kendrick Norton, he's a junior. Mm, I've heard good things. Don't know if you've watched him at all, but no. like he looked like a stud that game. He had a couple really? plays where he was just busting up the middle and just totally, totally disrupting plays for, with some interior pressure. And, and um, I know you're a sucker for that. I'm a sucker for that. Anybody who can disrupt a play from the middle – uh, first, it's so quickly is, is a guy who the NFL is gonna is gonna covet. So watch when I watch him. He's number seven for Miami. If you're watching any more Miami games, which you should, uh, to everybody <clears> out there, because Miami still has to play Clemson. Uh, wait, wait, do they? I think? Yes, I believe. Mm, is that accurate? No, they, that is not accurate. Well, they're gonna play Clemson in the ACC championship. Right, right, right. There you go. Um, but you're gonna see him versus Notre Dame this weekend. Yes, correct. All right, so I got that one right. The game to uh, watch. But yeah, Kendrick Norton, Michael Jackson. Um, I like Sheldrick Redwine. He's their safety. Mm. Um, he's kind of a he's kind of a gem for me because uh, he's a safety who wears number twenty two and has dreadlocks and gets interceptions. So um, he's kind of a he's kind of basically screen your... kind of player. Right, that's your guy right there. Uh, but those are the guys. Yeah, those are the guys from Miami that uh, definitely keep an eye on during the Notre Dame game too. Uh, a couple quick thoughts for you. Quick thoughts, quick reactions. Give me, give me them to him uh, in snap time. Uh, I don't know if that's a real thing or if I just made that up. But before we wrap up the show, thoughts on Nick Chubb versus Sony Michelle quickly, and which one and where do you think Nick Chubb's stock currently is? 
Um, I've only watched one full game of Georgia. It was against Florida, and Sonny Michelle looked like the better running back. Uh, he was averaging like 20 yards a carry at some point with like 183 yards on seven carries or something <laughs> stupid. He's been uh, absurd. But I, um, I don't know. Do you have okay? You have but you have more definitive thoughts than I do because I have not watched enough of Nick Chubb just sitting down evaluating him truly as a prospect with his knee and everything. What do you think of him? Well, I'm hoping to get to sit down and watch him today. Um, okay, but I have watched some of him, and I I thought that South Carolina was maybe the best that he's I mean just some sharp cuts off that leg and that's good that's yeah good and I did not see that to be honest I didn't see it last year and I definitely didn't see it really most of the season so I have to see get the full tape uh 20 carries 102 yards you know I do think Michelle's look like the better back this season he's getting I mean I don't know that there's been a quieter dominant college I mean performance over a career than Sonny Michelle I mean no one ever talks about Sonny Michelle and I think right, Michelle he has 90 carries Michelle for 710 yards and nine touchdowns right now. He's averaging eight yards Michelle a carry. I going to be my, my Alvin Kamara this year. I mean, he's 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 honestly very similar to Kamara in a lot of ways. I think he's a I think he's a more powerful and better maybe runner between the tackles even. And I thought Kamara was kind of underrated in that way. So I don't know. I, I like Kamara a lot. I know we both did, and I think that Michelle can be maybe even better. Um, I think he's a really good player, and I don't know why he's not getting any attention. But at the same time, I'm coming around on Nick Chubb. I was slower to come around him than a lot of people. From what I saw the other day, I'm coming around him a little bit. Um, I don't know. Think I don't think I'll be first round on him. But again, I have to sit down and really, you know, look at the full scope of things uh, before I can say uh, definitively. But um, he's one that I'm going to be sitting down and hopefully checking out this week <clears throat> with a little more time available over the next couple of days. The other one I wanted to ask you about. I wonder where where we're at with Bryce Love at this point. Like, is Bryce Love elite level first round talent, or is Bryce Love just you know another good back that you can get on day two? Which is fine if he is, but and maybe you don't have any strong opinion on it right now. I I don't think I do right now. Um, I don't know whether I feel like he's a first rounder, but I like a lot of the things that he offers. So I I don't know. I just don't get to watch a ton of West Coast football. Yeah. So. But, I mean, the things that I've seen from him, the trait that I love the most is that he's he's got balance. And so, right. like, that, to me, when you have when you have as good of balance as Bryce Love does, both, like, through contact and with your own body, like a center mm-hmm. of gravity, then, especially for the production that he has, being a day two running back is basically your floor. And then, you know, if he comes into the combine and he starts showing us, wow, he has potential athleticism within his body, even beyond maybe some of the things that we've seen on film, then you're talking about a guy who might be able to sneak into the end of the first round. But again, if you're asking me personally, for Bryce Love to be a first round running back, they would really have to kind of overdraft Saquon and Geis. Yeah, and push him up. Right? Like, and because if you if you ask me, I think that probably both of those running backs could go top fifteen, but I'm I'm not thinking any of them are going to go in the top five. So then if if they're if say like if both of those running backs go in the top ten, then all of a sudden a team at the later teens who needs a running back might go, oh crap, yeah. the first two guys went really quick, we better get our guy. And then it's a chain reaction down the line to where Bryce Love could be a guy you see at the end of the first round get mm-hmm. in. But other than that, I mean if you, if you if I'm thinking about it in value of the way I look at the NFL draft, I don't think we're going to see more than three running backs in the first round anyways, like regardless. So right. at that point, I, I don't really think that 
Bryce Love sneaks in in any way. And so at that point, you're just looking at a day two running back, which I say only. I probably just shouldn't have said only. But you're looking right. at a day two running back. I get who you. Is, like yeah. you said, like a, va- a great value pick. Like Bryce Love going – Bryce Love going in the 40s or 50s of the NFL draft is why you don't take a running back in the top five, right? Right, right. I mean, that's, that's just kind of the way. <clears> now, I'm go. not against taking a running back in the top five, but I agree that that would be why if you didn't do it. Because you can get ta- – I, I do agree you can get talents later, but I do think that the, that the NFL is using – kind of what we talked about a couple I know, a couple weeks ago on the show, I think, that the NFL is using and valuing running backs more and more because – a, the coaching is becoming more diverse, so you're using your running back in more ways. You know, for a lot of the best teams in the NFL, anyway. And B, I don't think quarterback plays what it was even a couple years ago. Like, I don't. We don't have a, lot, a Ben Roethlisberger in his prime, a Philip Rivers in his prime, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Eli Manning, all those guys in their prime that were great. You know, we, that's not happening right now in the NFL. There are a lot of good young quarterbacks for sure, but are they on those level of guys? You know. Guys that we could potentially be talking about or are for sure talking about as Hall of Famers. We went through a golden era of quarterback play here. And I think everybody holds the standard to that to those guys now. Breeze, Brady, Manning, you could even argue Ben Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers, you know, for the first three for sure in the top ten quarterbacks of all time, maybe even top eight. Um, and then, you know, Rivers, Br- Roethlisberger, those guys have their place as well, uh, you know, in the top 20, top 30 you know, at the position ever. So, I, don't, I just don't know if quarterback plays on that level right now in the NFL, and I think the NFL is turning back to running the football too. So I think you're going to see running backs be valued more, but I agree that depending on your system and how you run the football and what you do with your backs, that you can find guys later in the draft too. So that's where evaluating Bryce Love becomes tough because if he's 5'10", 185, 190 pounds, you know, let's say he's 190 pounds, I think he's listed 190 that's smaller than what most teams are willing to go for for in a back anywhere near the first round anyway. So I don't know. It's going to be an interesting evaluation. Um, Bryce Love will be will be one of the fascinating ones because you've got to have high-end traits and be able to run bigger than you are, um, I think, to be able to be drafted high at that size. So um, lots to talk about. Uh, this is good. Just good discussion. Good to get back into these prospects. I'm excited, man, because – we're there like we're starting to get there like it's creeping back in draft time college football season unbelievably is winding down we're about to go week 10 in the nfl and we're getting closer and closer to to uh, a lot of the things that we want to start discussing like senior bowl and combine and, and those kind of stuff that kind of stuff so i'm excited to announce some of the things that we have planned uh for that season as well to folks so as always thank you guys so much for listening we'll be back later in the week until then keep it locked right here on locked on nfl draft